This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Welcome America, it's Eric Erickson here across the nation. Glad to have you with me. The phone number, 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, always happy to have you chime in. Uh, I, I got to talk about the, the hullabaloo out of Florida. Goodness gracious. This is another story. The education standards in Florida that you're hearing about. It's another reminder of how the sympathetic alliance between the press and Democrats can expand talking points that are not true, can amplify things that are not so. Kamala Harris went to Jacksonville, Florida over the weekend. She said um, at a convention for Delta Sigma Theta, the traditionally black sorority, Just yesterday in the state of Florida, they decided middle school students will be taught that enslaved people benefited from slavery. They insult us in an attempt to gaslight us, and we will not stand for it. She went down to Jacksonville, Florida, attacked them some more. The press is in on this. Uh, Reporters from Politico and elsewhere have done stories about DeSantis. Uh, DeSantis has defended the standards. Let me give you the background here. The standards for how to teach the history of slavery in America were developed by a panel of teachers, the majority of whom were not white. One of the standards on a long list of standards, the one that has been seized on by the press, is one that read by itself sounds controversial but is not actually all that controversial. And it is a standard that essentially says how uh, the enslaved learned skills, this is the actual language, instruction includes how slaves develop skills, which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit. Instruction includes how slaves develop skills, which in some instances could be applied to their personal benefit. There were, in fact, skills learned by the slaves that could help them personally, including how to escape. 
That is one of the standards. It has been amplified by Democrats across the country uh, unfairly. Uh, keep in mind, it was a majority black panel that came up with this. You would never know this from the media coverage. They have, uh, it's, I'm, I'm, the disingenuousness of all of this is, is actually one of the most striking things to me, how they're coming up with this stuff. This is Eugene Daniels. Eugene Daniels is a supposedly objective reporter, a White House correspondent for Politico, authors the playbook. Listen to this. This teaching is uh, from the Florida um, new curriculum there, but also how Governor DeSantis and his anti-world policies have put him in a box with just speaking to a seemingly smaller and smaller portion of the electorate. This is what happens when you base your entire kind of political um, career on this. When you say that um, everybody needs to be anti-woke, that's where this is where you end up. And when you talk to folks in Florida, um, the whole point of the bill that came through, this is in reaction to a bill that he wanted. It was making clear what he wanted to folks. Um, and it's because he felt, and a lot of people around this country are starting to feel, that we can't teach the correct history of this country because it makes white kids uncomfortable. That is at the base of this, right? That it is uncomfortable to hear that people that look like you put people that look like me in chains and made them do things and beat them and rape them. That is uncomfortable for kids to hear. That is what folks are, that is what these folks are saying. But then when you use that as a political cudgel, you have to own it, right? At this point, this is on Ron DeSantis. It is. Okay. So a majority black panel in Florida comes up with these standards and they do it so that white kids don't have to feel bad about themselves. Let, let, me, let me read for you some of the other standards. Instruction includes what life was like for the earliest slaves and the emancipated in North America. Examine the Underground Railroad and how former slaves partnered with other free people and groups in assisting those escaping from slavery. Examine key figures and events of the abolitionist movement. Examine the roles and contributions of significant African-Americans during westward expansion, including James Beckworth, the Buffalo Soldiers, uh, Benjamin Singleton. Examine the experiences and contributions of African-Americans in early Florida. Understand the causes, courses, and consequences of the slave trade in the colonies. Identify instruction includes how slavery was utilized in Asian, European, and African cultures. Instruction includes the similarities and differences between serfdom and slavery. Describe the contact of European explorers with systematic slave trading in Africa. Instruction includes the transition from an indentured to a slave-based economy. Describe the history and evolution of slave codes. Instruction includes judicial and legislative actions concerning slavery. Analyze slave revolts that happened in the early colonial America and how political leaders reacted, like the 1712 revolt in New York City and the Stono Rebellion of 1739. Examine the service and sacrifice of African patriots during the Revolutionary Era. Examine the various duties and trades performed by slaves. Examine the effect of the cotton industry on the expansion of slavery due to Eli Whitney's cotton gin. Instruction includes how collaboration of free blacks, whites, churches, and organizations assisted in the Underground Railroad with a focus on Harriet Tubman, William Lambert, Levi Coffin, William Still. Identify political figures who strove to abolish the institution of slavery. Evaluate various abolitionist movements that continuously pushed to end slavery. Instruction includes the Society of Friends, the Quakers, 
Their efforts to end slavery instruction includes writings by Africans living in the United States and their effect on the abolitionist movement, including Sojourner Truth, Frederick Douglass, William Wells Brown, David Walker, Martin Delaney. Examine how the status of slaves, those who escaped, who escaped slavery, and free blacks affected their contributions to the Civil War. Examine the causes, courses, and consequences of the slave trade. Examine the condition of slavery as it existed in Africa. Instructions include the practice of the Barbary pirates in kidnapping Europeans and selling them into slavery in Muslim countries. Instruction includes how slavery was utilized in Asian cultures like the Sumerian law code and the Indian caste system. Instructions include the similarities between serfdom and slavery and the emergence of the term slave in the experience of the Slavs. Analyze the development of labor systems using indentured servitude contracts with English settlers and Africans early in Jamestown, Virginia. Instructions include the impact of the increased demand for land in the colonies and the effects of the cost of labor resulting from the shift of indentured servitude to slavery. Instructions include the shift in attitude towards Africans as colonial America transitioned from indentured servitude to race-based hereditary slavery. Instructions include the Virginia Code regarding slaves and servants of 1705. It goes on and on and on. Instructions includes the harsh labor conditions of plantations, the harsh conditions and consequences on British American plantations and Caribbean plantations, the headright system in Jamestown, Virginia, the headright system including effects on slave codes, the conditions for Africans that changed in colonial North America from 1619 to 1776, how slave codes resulted in an enslaved person becoming property with no rights, Instructions on the role of black churches. Explain how slave codes were strengthened in response to African resistance to slavery. Instructions include foreign and domestic influences on the institutions of slavery. It goes on and on and on. Pretty comprehensive study of slavery, how it was bad, how it evolved, how it became locked in, how the growth of the cotton gin industry expanded the slave industry, how uh, the abolitionist movement rose up. But this one thing, you're not hearing about any of this, you're hearing about this one bullet point. Instruction includes how slaves develop skills, which in some instances could be applied to their personal benefit. And in fact, there were skills that could be used and in some cases benefited a lot of, frankly, when the Civil War ended and slaves were freed, they were able to apply those skill sets to their own independent living after slavery. Are we not allowed to teach that? Because it's a true aspect in the totality of slavery. And in fact, it is one line in hundreds of statements that must be learned. But it has been characterized by the left in a way that the media picked it up to use it to attack Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis defended this teachers group that put it together. And again, it was majority non-white people who put together this list of standards. And this is over 100 standards that have to be used and have to be instructed. It's frustrating to me that the media would just buy into it. But of course, the media increasingly are not honest brokers in America. They are part and parcel part of the Democratic Party. They give voice to and license to this. They don't care about the truth. They don't care about the totality. 
They don't care about the context. They don't care about any of that. What they care about is vilifying Republicans, attacking Republicans. They don't care about wokeism. In fact, they support wokeism. They dislike the push against it. They are threatened by Ron DeSantis. The DeSantis campaign, for its part, smartly is owning this. The DeSantis campaign has started running ads showing all these Democratic commentators and members of the media saying, actually, DeSantis is even more dangerous than Trump. That's actually a really good message for DeSantis to run, that all of these people scare are scared of DeSantis because they think he's worse than Trump. He's more effective, so he's more dangerous. That's a message for the DeSantis team to push. They should be pushing that in addition to stuff beyond wokeism, the economic message, which I am told is coming. Instructions in Florida must include how the war effort helped propel civil rights for African Americans from the early civil rights movement of 1865 to 1869 to the modern civil rights movement demanding the American promise of justice, liberty, and equality. The 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments must be studied. Instruction includes the founding of historically black colleges and universities. Examine the importance of sacrifices, contributions, and experiences of African Americans during wartime from the Spanish-American War through the Korean War. Instruction includes the contribution of African-American soldiers during World War I. Instruction includes the heroic actions displayed by the Tuskegee Airmen during World War II. Instruction includes the contributions of African-American women to World War I and World War II. Evaluate the relationship of various ethnic groups to African-Americans' access to rights, privileges, and liberties in the United States. Instruction includes landmark U.S. Supreme Court cases affecting African-Americans, the Slaughterhouse cases, Yickwill v. Hopkins, Plessy v. Ferguson, Brown v. Board of Education. All of these things are included. Have you heard of any of these things? Have you heard that they're included? Have you heard that this is the comprehensive totality of what's being taught in Florida? No, you have not. All you've heard is that Ron DeSantis, who did not write these standards, wants you to learn that slaves benefited from slavery, which is not true and is a mischaracterization. But ABC, CBS, NBC, MSNBC, CNN, The New York Times, The Wall Street Journal, The Washington Post, USA Today, the Vice President of the United States of America, all of them have mischaracterized this one line of a comprehensive totality on learning about slavery in the United States. Instruction includes acts of violence perpetuated against and by African-Americans, but is not limited to the 1906 Atlanta race riot, the 1919 Washington, D.C. race riot, the 1920 Okoe massacre, the 1921 Tulsa massacre, the 1923 Rosewood massacre. Examine economic developments of and for African-Americans post-World War I, including the spending power and development of black businesses and innovations. Examine political developments of and for African Americans in the post-World War I period. Examine how World War II was an impetus for the modern civil rights movement. And it goes on and on. And you haven't heard of any of that in the press. All you've heard is one line taken out of context, shared by the Vice President of the United States, and by a media that routinely lambasts disinformation and misinformation, but were perfectly happy 
to perpetuate, expand, and amplify the misinformation and disinformation and attacks on Ron DeSantis in Florida because it serves their purpose of keeping black voters inflamed and engaged on behalf of Joe Biden. It's all politics all the time. Did you know China has made it a priority to teach students financial literacy starting in preschool? Financial literacy isn't taught in our elementary schools, and parents lack the resources to teach it at home. American kids are yet again being left behind. Now there's a great way for parents and grandparents to help the kids they love learn about finance, thanks to the Sensibles. And at bcs-kids.com, the Sensibles are a team of animated superheroes who help kids age 6 to 12 develop smart money habits in a fun way. BCS-Kids.com was created to channel this multimedia resource to kids everywhere. Buy a subscription for your loved ones, and each month, they'll get a Sensibles kit in the mail with an entertaining DVD, comic book, and activities. Digital subscriptions are also available. They'll also get access to an interactive website with a library of lessons, fun activities, and more. Want 20% off the monthly subscription costs? Visit at bcs-kids.com, enter the promo code ERIC, my name, E-R-I-C-K. It's the sensible thing to do. Subscribe today at bcs-kids.com. Hello, America. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, I have a special announcement. This is a very special announcement for all of you. I simply do not care about the Barbie movie. I have not seen it. I do not plan to see it. I simply do not care about it. I don't care whether you think it is woke or whether you think it is subversively conservative. I've seen both. I've seen the, it's it's the wokest, dumbest movie of the year from people on the right. I've seen the, actually, it's subversively conservative on the right and the left. There are people on the left who hate the movie and think it is actually a perpetuation of the patriarchy. I haven't seen it. I don't know. I don't care, but I need you to know I don't care because everybody seems to think I need to have an opinion on a movie I have no desire to see. I did not play with Barbies when I was a kid. You know, my wife had a Barbie when she was a kid and she used it as a shovel until the legs fell off and she could not use it as a shovel again. Our child has Barbie. My gosh, you know what? In fact, I'm going to open my iTunes account right now. Going to do this on purpose because my kid, when she was little, loved Barbie. We have Barbie in the Diamond Castle movie, Barbie in the Three Musketeers, Barbie as Rapunzel, Barbie as the Island Princess, Barbie Ferratopia, Magic of the Rainbow, Barbie Ferratopia Mermaidia, Barbie a Mermaid Tale, Barbie Mermaid Tale 2, Barbie and the Twelve Dancing Princesses, Barbie Miraposa and her Butterfly Fairy Friends, Barbie a Family, a Fairy Secret, not Barbie a Family Secret, that one's well <laughs> X-rated, Barbie a Fashion Fairy Tale, Barbie a Perfect Christmas, Barbie Princess Charm School. I got all these movies in my iTunes catalog because my child when she was little liked Barbie I do not like Barbie I do not care about Barbie I don't know why you're supposed to care about Barbie I see all of these conservatives online whipped up into some sort of existential frenzy about oh my gosh the Barbie movie it's woke I don't care you don't have to go see it 
You don't have to see it. You don't have to look at pornography. You don't have to look at Barbie. You choose what to put in your head and what to spend your time with. I have no desire to engage with a movie based on a character and a toy that I want nothing to do with. Why you people want to whip yourselves into a frenzy over this thing is beyond me. Life is too short to give a damn about this movie. Greetings, welcome. It's Eric Erickson here across the nation from Atlanta, Georgia. The phone number 877-973-7425. Actually, it's not true. I'm not broadcasting from my flagship station Atlanta today. I'm actually in my office in Macon, Georgia, which sunny Houston, the uh, unrepentant racist on The View says is the most racist city in America. She's never actually been here. It's so racist that when Oprah Winfrey started her retirement tour to wind down her show, she kicked it off in Macon, Georgia, which had the highest per capita viewership of the Oprah Winfrey show. It's so racist that Oprah came to pay a visit and hang out with the residents. But what does that sunny idiot know on TV? Uh, now, I, I, I got I to gotta spend a little bit of time on a story. We are told repeatedly now by environmentalists that we should be eating bugs. A group at National Public Radio has this headline. This right-wing conspiracy theory about eating bugs is about as racist as you think. I will not eat the bugs became a meme on 4chan and emerged in conservative talk shows and political speech. But why has it gained traction in this week's code switch? Gene Dimby, an NPR reporter, uh, Hu Jingnang, dive into the sprawling conspiracy, conspiracy theory behind it. Proponents of the theory lean on the anti-Semitic trope that global elites have a plot to control the masses, in this case under the guise of climate change solutions, by forcing them to eat bugs. Now, we're not going to listen to the NPR podcast. But you get that? It is a sprawling conspiracy theory with the anti-Semitic trope that global elites intend to control the masses by making them eat bugs. This is from National Public Radio, May 14th, 2013. Maybe it's time to swap burgers for bugs, says United Nations. This is from National Public Radio, September 14th, 2017. At Bug Eating Festival, kids crunch down on the food of the future. This is from National Public Radio, July 16th, 2018. Your ancestors probably ate insects. So what's bugging you? This is from National Public Radio, April 3rd, 2014. The Joys and Ethics of Insect Eating. This is from National Public Radio, October 26, 2011. Insect cuisine is all the buzz. This is from National Public Radio, February 18th, 2019. Here, foodie, 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 edible insects are on the menu. This is from National Public Radio, May 17th, 2013. Insects may be the taste of the next generation, report says. 
This is from National Public Radio, February 29, 2008. Insects get a tasty makeover. National Public Radio, March 23, 2015. Even Neil deGrasse Tyson is now munching on bugs. National Public Radio, May 24, 2021. The green argument for eating cicadas, plus a few recipes. National Public Radio, May 27, 2015. Bugs, not what's for dinner until they're tastier, maybe. National Public Radio, July 18, 2013. These pictures might tempt you to eat bugs. National Public Radio, August 27, 2018. Don't bug out. The Smithsonian Channel is going to show you how to cook insects. And then this. This weekend, the right-wing conspiracy theory about eating bugs is about as racist as you can think. So which is it? Is it a conspiracy or is it what National Public Radio has been covering? Uh, and, and hat tip to Stephen L. Miller on Twitter. Red Steez for pointing out all of these national public radio stories all about eating bugs and how bugs are the wave of the future. And it's not a global elite. It's the freaking United Nations that wants us to eat bugs instead of burgers. You idiots at national public radio, you dim-witted hacks who are so interested in making everything about racism and anti-Semitism, you didn't even read your own freaking website. That going back to 2008 has run story after story after story after story on how people should eat bugs. Are any of you people who work in public radio listening to me, do you realize how stupid this makes you look? Do you realize how out of touch and a fat liberal this makes you look? You're running a story that the right wing is pushing a conspiracy theory about making you eat bugs when you yourselves have engaged in it. So either you are anti-Semitic right-wing conspiracy theorists or your podcast people are full of crap or both. You can't rely on these people. You can't treat taxpayer-subsidized national public radio as anything other than a government-funded propaganda campaign for the left and all of its talking points. These aren't serious people. They're government propagandists. Yes, if you work for national public radio, you're a government propagandist, no better than Pravda. You take taxpayer money to shill for left-wing think tanks and the foundations that kindly subsidize your ass from the, from the government. I guess I shouldn't say that, but you people are ridiculous. You're going to run a story and claim it's a right-wing conspiracy theory and anti-Semitic for people on the right to say eating bugs, and then you're going to run one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen separate stories going back to 2008 telling people to eat bugs. Which is it? This is why you can't take the environmentalist movement generally seriously anymore either. You know, for example, there's this story out of the Express. Where is this? I had this in my stack of stuff earlier. The Scottish, after denying it, finally have admitted they chopped down 15.7 million trees. 15.7 million trees were chopped down by the Scottish government for what purpose? To put up windmills. 
15.7 million trees chopped down to put up windmills in Scotland. 1,700 trees a day since the year 2000 were chopped down. You know what trees do? Trees inhale carbon dioxide and release oxygen in return. It's a process called photosynthesis. You learned this back in elementary school biology before they spent their time telling you boys could become girls. It's called photosynthesis. Those green leaves are a sign of photosynthesis. And the trees inhale the carbon dioxide and breathe out the oxygen and we inhale the oxygen and breathe out the carbon dioxide, and it's a symphony of a symbiotic relationship that happens in nature. And the environmentalists in Scotland, led by the Scottish government, killed 15.7 million trees to put up windmills to provide unreliable energy. And those windmills are murdering the birds who used to sit in the trees that got chopped down. Where woodland is removed in association with development, developers will generally be expected to provide compensatory planting in order to avoid a net loss of woodland, according to the government. However, that doesn't appear to be the case. They didn't actually do it. They didn't replace the 15.7 million trees planting them elsewhere. And I undoubtedly, by the way, I don't have to doubt this. I know this. When this was suggested by conservatives in Great Britain, they were called conspiracy theorists and it was denied. The government in Scotland denounced them and said, this isn't true, this didn't happen, you're making it up, you're trying to scare people, and guess what? They actually did it. They cut down 15.7 million trees to build a wind farm. They killed a bunch of birds in the process. They caused erosion of land in the process. You know. If you're a Republican and you're looking at what the Biden administration is doing with oil facilities and refineries, you can turn the tables on them. Do you know how many birds every year, including endangered species, are killed by windmills? You can make the power companies running the windmills responsible and liable for the bird deaths. Do you know how much erosion and wastewater pollution is caused by solar panel plants? There's a place in Columbus, Georgia, a couple received millions, tens or hundreds of millions of dollars because a massive solar field next door to them caused so much erosion that wasn't mitigated, it ruined their, their land, and they got millions of dollars for it. Do you know if you're a Republican, you can come after the solar farms causing erosion and killing off endangered species to put solar panels down. You can come after the windmills for doing the same thing. You can go to war against these, and you should. The left does this against oil and gas and coal. You should do it against wind and solar. Make a big issue out of it. These people scream conspiracy theory when things don't go their way. These people tell us all these things are conspiracy theories, and then they turn out to be true. 
you got a national public radio. They're telling you it's a racist, anti-Semitic attack by the right to claim that anyone wants you to eat bugs, while NPR itself is telling you that bugs are the wave of the future. According to the United Nations, and going back to 2008, we should eat bugs. They lie about it. They obfuscate about it. They call you a conspiracy theorist about it, and then they prove it's true. They tell you it's bad until it comes out that it's actually been being done, and then they tell you it's good and why don't you like it. In Scotland, these people, same sort of people, left-wing environmentalist political hacks, they denied they were chopping down trees while they chopped down 15.7 million trees to put up wind farms that killed a bunch of birds that used to sit in the trees. They lied about it. They said it wasn't happening until it turned out that it was, and then they told you it was a good thing all along, and why are you a hater? Why do you want the world to burn by not supporting it? They do the same pattern every time. They tell you it's not happening. They tell you it should happen, but it's not happening. You have no proof that it's happening, and you provide the proof, and they say, well, of course it's happening. It's always been happening, and you're a bigot for not supporting it. Time and time again, it's what they do. Whether it's eating bugs or chopping down trees, the environmentalists really don't care that much about the environment because if they really cared about the environment, they would not be putting those windmills up. Do you know how they have to store those windmills? They fall apart after several years. The the fiberglass uh, blades and stuff, they're not environmentally safe. The way they got to dispose of them when they're done with them. Yeah, they don't tell you that. They don't tell you you're not going to make your money back. They don't tell you that you can't make your money back on them because of the high replacement rate. They're polluting the environment in their own way while killing birds in the process. It's all a scam by a cult that's scared to death about the future and really doesn't have a way of solving any of their problems. They just want you to be miserable because if you're miserable, they'll feel like they've done something to improve their own lot in life. That's all this is about at this point. Probably got a little bit too worked up for my own good today. My apologies. I'm just This stuff just frustrates me so much. Um, my friends, I got to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. They're in Noonan, Georgia, wherever you are nationwide. If you are in charge of the finance of a business and you want it to grow, First Liberty might be able to help you. If you're buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, reach out to them, firstlibertyga.com. They're in Noonan, Georgia, but they can help any business nationwide. They make their own lending decisions. They've been doing it since the 90s. They love helping businesses become bigger, firstlibertyga.com. Let me jump to the phones here. Bob, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show, Bob. Hey, Eric. How you doing? Good. How are you? Hot and tired. I was yeah. listening to your comments about Florida. And I thought, you know, the left always criticizes, but they really don't offer any factual solutions. Mm-hmm. And I think what they Florida should do is say, okay, Develop your own in such a format that we can implement them as a standard, and then we'll have the the constituents, the people who have children in Florida, in the schools, look at these and decide which one they want to use. Yeah, that you know, that they've tried to do this, I guess, with what the sixteen nineteen project, which is all a scamuli. I well, this- and I agree. Yeah, yeah. I would and, agree, and, and that they ought to still have the people say, this is what we think we ought to be using. We don't want to use 1619. Right. It's not factual. And let them make those statements. Yes. I, I mean, let the market decide. Bob, that's a great idea. Let the market decide. Here's what we want. Here's what they want. What do you think? 
Uh, ours is designed by educators taking into account the truth. Theirs is designed by propagandists taking into account the lies. You know, Nicole Hannah-Jones uh, or whatever her name is, the fabulist who came up with the 1619 Project, she's on social media uh, over the weekend uh, criticizing the Oppenheimer movie, uh, which I haven't seen, and now I'm not sure I want to see it in the theater given some of the uh, stuff I've heard from people about the movie. But um, she says, uh, we dropped the bomb uh, bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki because Japan was going to surrender, but we needed to get our money's worth. That's essentially her argument is that they were going to surrender. We didn't have to drop the bomb, but we spent so much money researching it, we needed to go on and drop it. That's actually not true. Now, there are some people who believe the Japanese surrendered because the Russians decided to turn their sights on the Japanese. But history itself records that dropping the bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, or Hiroshima, depending on how you want to say it, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, that convinced the emperor that he needed to overrule his advisors, which he had to do. He overruled the advisors who wanted to keep fighting, and he decided it was time to surrender. That's the truth. Nicole Hannah-Jones doesn't want you to know the truth because she's not a fan of the United States and wants you to believe the worst about the United States. She wrote the 1619 Project to lie about the foundations of the United States of America to make people feel victimized and in a frenzy of hate against the United States, and the New York Times promoted that. Never forget the New York Times has always historically been on the side of people who hate the United States. Uh, what's his name? Was it Durandy or whoever who was the propagandist for Stalin? They allowed him to be at the New York Times. They gave him awards. The New York Times has never given back the awards. Only later, much later, I think in like the early 2000s, did they come out and say, yeah, actually, he was a propagandist for Stalin. The New York Times always bets against America. These people always bet against America, and the Democratic Party seems increasingly to put people in charge who bet against America and against Americans and against the free market and against the, 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 the parents of kids in this country. If the Republicans would stop doing just the woke, anti-Bud Light, anti-woke stuff and make a big-picture argument that the Democrats bet against America and you should never bet against America, they, they got a message there. That, I think, is why Tim Scott is suddenly surging in Iowa, New Hampshire, and places like that, because he's got this positive, positive vision for America. Never bet against America. I mean, whether you want to use Make America Great Again or the Great American Comeback or our our best days will lie ahead of us, what have you, uh, whether it's Biden's theme or Trump's or DeSantis, they're essentially making a theme that something's off, but they're going to get us better. And Tim Scott's message, never bet against America. It, I love the country. There's, we got issues, but we're, we're not receding. We're not declining. Decline is a choice, and we're going to make the, the choice not to decline. And he's living proof of the success of America, and the American dream is for everyone in this country. It's a great message. It, whether, you, whether you like him or not, it's a great message. And the other Republicans, they could be doing something like this. you got Democrats telling you to eat bugs, and when you point it out, they claim you're a right-wing conspiracy theorist. They don't want to tell you the truth about the country. They want to revise the country and frame it in the worst possible light. Never bet against America and the American people. That's a winning message if someone just wants to take it. I wish these people would take some of this advice at least instead of just being all anti-woke all the time. Where is your economic vision for the best days of America line ahead, Republican candidate? Where is that vision? We would like to see it.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.